I'm Mike Peters. I'm Dan Morfitt. And, and this, this is Top, top Content. content. Me, Edward Woodward, with Perez. <laughs> uh, yes, well. I called up the old crowd's Karl Heinz Rummiger, and he said, fuck off. Um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing when the Qataris are the good guys in this. The Qataris aren't getting involved. They've just gone, nah. Well, the owners of Paris Saint-Germain, you mean? Yeah, we'd, ra- we'd rather be a massive fish in a very small pond than an average fish in an elite swimming pool filled up with Perrier water. It's... Yes. Well, I, I have to say, it's it's been... I mean, it's taken quite a unique set of circumstances to bring together the sort of the trifecta. It's it's like in Avengers where they try, you know, bring together all the Infinity Stones or in Justice League where they've brought together, the, you know, the mother boxes, right? And they've managed oh, to yeah. somehow, this, this bunch of evil bastards have brought together the... <laughs> The, the, all of the ex-players, all yeah. of the fans, so every pundit is all of all of the ex all of the media, all of the all, ex- of, the ex- all of the clubs. Yeah, everybody. Bernstein has come out and gone. This is ruining football. You sold Man City to Tuscan Shinawatra for God's sake. Yeah, a bent yeah. time yeah, yeah. dictator, and you're saying this is ruining football. David Dean so, is going. I, I don't know what's going on. It's absolutely... I thought that is quite special to have been able to do that. I mean, if, if nothing else, you've got to fe- say, doff your cap to the Glazers and, and the, the Fenway Sports Group and say, do you know what? Fair play. Forget well, those, th- all of those groups united in, with, in, in complete <laughs> sort of anger and f- outright fury about there's, this. There's I mean, a weird is- paradox about this in that it's, it's everybody's domestic game, but James LeBron who is a part owner of the Fenway Sports Group, the FSG, who own Liverpool, <laughs> has been torrented with abuse of going, it's people like you that want to F up football. It, so that's the paradox in that it is a global game with global superstars in it that is affecting a kickoff virtually on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock. You know what? This thing is going to happen. It's it's gone. It's too far down the road now. They've already got somebody to do some bad photoshopping logos. The Super League, get fucked. And everybody said that the end of football was going to happen when the big five in the UK started the Premier League. It happened. We've got it. People said yeah. that when the Champions League started, it was going to ruin football. It happened. We live with it. This is going to happen. No matter how bad the graphic designers have worked on this, it's not as if they had a weekend <laughs> to spunk this up. They've been working on this for a long time, and if that's the best they can come up with, shit. it's going to happen. You're just going to have to work out, though, what the reaction is. So let, let them go off and play their little league in the week on a Wednesday. By the sounds of it, they've already got a broadcaster lined up. Let them get their billions from... JP Morgan, but then back it up. So the FA should kick out Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea. Sorry, I can't stop laughing. Tottenham. <laughs> what Tottenham. Tottenham doing in that list? <laughs> um, they, they should all be kicked out of the Football League. And if they want to get back into the league again, they need to form a brand new club at the lowest rung of the lowest pyramid and work their way up exactly the same way that AFC Wimbledon 
managed to get well, yeah. Wimbledon AFC, got bought, moved to f***ing... Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes with the dad of the darkness. Um, the band that is not general evil. And Wimbledon have made their way up the league, up every strata of the league brilliantly, and they're in League One. They're probably going to get relegated, but... That's football. That's what football is. I I can't take credit for it, but I love the analogy that Spurs being in the Super League is akin to me walking into the Crucible during the World Snooker Championship final, putting a pound on the table and going, winner stays on. It, it's, it's... Yeah. Nottingham Forest have more European Cups than Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea and Man City combined. Yeah. Aston Villa have got more... European Cups, than Arsenal, than Tottenham, than Man City. Put them in there. Put them in there. I'd love to see Villa take on Juventus. That'd be brilliant. Well, well my, my favourite statement about this was was came from, I mean, I suppose it's to a degree, it's the only way you can react to, to this, was from Skelmersdale United, um, <laughs> who said... Oh, the mighty Skem you. <laughs> put out this statement, yeah. Despite the current rumours currently circulating... Skelmersdale United can categorically deny they will be involved in the current European Super League with Liverpool, Real Madrid, Juventus and Clitheroe. Even though we have won more trophies <laughs> in the last 50 years than Spurs, we didn't feel it was the right time to join the new setup. We'll be welcoming supporters to the JMO Sports Park when it's safe to do so whilst plying our trade in the Northwest Counties League. <laughs> what, and what, what's cheered me immensely this morning... Yeah, exactly. What's cheered me immensely this morning is, is the statement that has come from Everton. Uh, and they have gone absolutely to town on this lot. And I'm thinking, I love my football club. Always will. There's times I don't like it very much in terms of the, do, the, do my bloody head in. And there's times I, d- I disapprove of certain aspects, but I love them. And today was one of those, I'm thinking, I am so proud of them and proud of the the reaction and just getting it. And the statement, which I would advise everybody, even if you're not in football, just to go and, you know, not interested in football, anyone that's listening, to go and read it and just say, that's what we expect from clubs with a, with a, an awareness of, you know, the, the, the history of, of football in, in Great Britain. Whether it, whether it happens or not, I saw somebody say that we could almost be like, a, like the college system in America where actually that's where the real sport is, where there's real local passion, as opposed to the superstardom of the NBA and the Major League Baseball and the NFL and stuff, where it's franchises that can at times just randomly port from one side of the country to the other. And just thinking that just doesn't, I remember having a conversation with a a friend of mine, a a guy from Canada who I worked with years ago. And I said to him, what happens if your team, he's from Toronto, what happens if they just bugger off? What if, you know, the Raptors disappeared or uh, they've got, they've got, it's the Maple Leafs, isn't it? The, uh, the the, the the NHL, the hockey And the Blue Jays as well. Yeah. I said, what? Yeah. Toronto Blue Jays, of course. Yeah. In the baseball. I said, what would happen if they just went, what would you do then? Would you just support the team up the road? How, how does it work? And he said, no, it's just kind of gone. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I, I just... But the thing is, most people don't really go to sport in America. Sport is an entire... So the American TV system is is bizarre. American TV in of itself is shit. All the sports in America are shown on the normal TV channels, CBS, NBC, Fox. They've got all the big American football games. They've got most of the big basketball games, most of the big baseball games. So if you want to watch normal telly, you're f***ed. That's why things like HBO exist. So the whole TV system in America is based around sports and around movies because virtually every TV network 
is owned by a movie studio or the other way around. Everything's about the televised sport. So lockdown hasn't meant a damn thing to basketball, baseball. Yeah, it's not been great, people not being there, but it's not really meant a damn thing to the advertising. It's probably made things a little bit easier because you don't have to worry about people. People, supporters, are the non-predictable part of the game. And I think yeah, coronavirus has shown in Europe you don't really need people in the stadiums. You know what? Super League would be a great idea if the fans were then allowed to go into the stadiums for free or people were charged five five pound to go into Old Trafford, to go into the... Nike Sports Anfield Arena. <laughs> um, and that money was then totted up on a big leaderboard and it went to charity. Do that. Do that. Do that. But, well, it's shit otherwise. Americans, bizarrely though, so... A few years ago, I went to go and see the Rams at the Coliseum. They've got a brand new spanking stadium in Inglewood in LA now. The the LA Rams are the original LA team, but they moved to St. Louis for years and years and years. There's still people that go from St. Louis to LA. St. Louis miles away. It's like it's like if you're if you support AK Athens. The same state as St. Louis? No, it's in Missouri, I think. Missouri, yeah. It's like AEK Athens moving to Brighton. There's still St. Louis fans that go to see LA Rams games. It's mad. Yeah. But I I think the the most insidious bit of this I found um, was the the idea that fans like you and me that have been going to watch our respective teams, obviously it's a bit more difficult for you to get from New Jersey to Hull, but have been watching our teams through, through thick and thin well, maybe they'll move to Los Angeles, you know, uh, New Jersey or, you know, White Plains or somewhere like that, you know, mm. Buffalo, and you'll be able to go and watch them then. That the, We are, those of us that go to, uh, have watched our teams for many a long year and will continue to do so, are n- known by this group of absolute shysters as legacy fans. And I just thought that is so patronising <laughs> because the assumption is that we will just go and watch this. I mean, obviously, Everton aren't involved in this whole thing, so it's fine. But watch this no matter what. Shocking. Now, I know many, 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 many Liverpool fans. And we talked before about, obviously, the match day experience at Anfield is very much different to the match day experience at Goodison because Liverpool is a, you know, a much bigger brand globally than Everton is, and that's fine. That's okay. But what I know, I know many Liverpool fans who are dyed in the wool from Liverpool who spend fortunes, and I mean fortunes, going to watch Liverpool uh, in obviously in a number of Champions League finals down the last few years, flying to far-flung parts of, of Europe, Kiev being the obvious example where, and they were paying insane amounts of money to be able to just go and support their team. And I'm thinking, how much longer do you think you are going to be able to bleed these people dry by saying to them, oh, this week we're playing Barcelona, next week we're playing... Again, again. Uh, yeah, yeah because, again, uh, again, these, again. These, these founding members, these these founding 12, yeah. will never be relegated from this Super League. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, eventually, they're just going to go, no. And, and I've said before, I've seen, I've seen, I see the difference when Liverpool have a, a charity match at Anfield and the complete, the, the completely different makeup of the, of the supporters that come on those particular days. And it's wildly different far more locals because it's the chance they have to get tickets because they find it very difficult otherwise to get tickets. That's the way it is. Um, Who who would have thought that Roy Keane all these years ago talking about the Prawn Sandwich Brigade was prophetic more than anything? Yeah. It's been an awful week if you're a Liverpool fan because you've had to 
take the 32nd anniversary of Hillsborough. Yeah. You've then had your name quite rightly solid by a bunch of supporters wrecking the windows of the Real Madrid boss. Real Madrid boss, yeah. Which is not good. This is after you did it to the Man City boss a few years ago. And I'm saying you because this is when Mm. you take yourself as a collective. And if you're a proper collective, you then shame the people that are bringing shame upon your name. Then this whole Super League debacle happens. This is after your once in 30 years league title that was won in a pandemic where your totemic leader who lost his mother with coronavirus Mm. has said, I want to be here on merit. He then says before a game, we want to be in Champions League, but I love the fact that West Ham can be in the Champions League. We'll have to fight for that space. And then 1-0 up for 70-odd, 80-odd minutes, they then draw to Leeds, who basically rub their noses in it. Leeds are a fantastic allegory of the whole thing. I don't like Leeds, but I respect them because they got to the Champions League semi-final. They were going to be on the verge of riches. They had the world at their feet. And then people like Ridsdale and other money men effed up that club and they sank like a stone. And it has Mm. taken them a generation of football fans to get back to the Premier League from League One, from the old Division Three. And now they're there, they're there on merit, and they've got someone like Bielsa, and they're playing decent football. That's what football is about. As as much as Leeds fans cry, we're a big club, you're not. You're not anymore, but you've deserved your place back in that. So in your lifetime, Everton have won a few FA Cups. Yeah. You won the league, but you were four, and you couldn't then yeah, play then in the European Cup. And you couldn't play in European Cup competition no. because of the blight of hooliganism across Europe. Yes. That's what this Super League doesn't realise. European football as we have it now, which is highly sanitised, yes. Yeah. It's big money, yes. But it, it's come through the bad times. This European Super League completely forgets that for a well, few seasons. British clubs weren't allowed to play in Europe at all. The, but the, that shows the power of the Premier League, doesn't it? Because it's completely changed, fundamentally changed the base and of, of who is where, who holds the power in European football. And the thing that they, the reason that they're saying, oh, we want more of the games between, you know, uh, Manchester United and Real Madrid or whoever it might be, or Barcelona and, and, and Liverpool, or whoever. The reason that people want more of that, because when they happen, they're massive, but they're because they're rare, that's why they're events. Yeah. Well, as soon as you take away the jeopardy of the relegation, and you're thinking, "All oh, right," I was I was talking to a guy about this yesterday. We were at Cheshire Oaks, and I was chatting. The other half was it, sort of in the changing rooms, trying on a few bits and pieces. And I was nattering to a lad, and I said from Liverpool, and blah blah. And he, oh, is he a United fan? And we were chatting about this. He said, "I've been to a couple of Champions League games at Old Trafford." He said, "But where's the fun?" And he said, "Oh, you know, we've missed United playing Barcelona." He said, "I've been away as well." He said, "With them." He said, "But there's no kind of." joy in thinking oh I've missed it oh I'll just go next season instead you know because it's like it's not this it's just simply not the same yeah and and it's like it, and it's fundamentally misunderstands we talk about Leeds about a club that have gone right down to rock bottom well not right down but they've no, gone oh, a no, lot they've fallen an awfully long way I'll, I'll flip that and clarify it Hull City went from bottom of the football league yes almost out of business yeah almost out of the entire pyramid system and into the what was conference, we went from there to the very top league 
and then to Europe in around 12 years. Yeah. We went from the very bottom of the 92 to literally the top of the 92, if you remember those heady days of Phil Brown. And also we got into Europe after uh, FA Cup in 2014. But we could do that. You could do that. We rose higher than Leeds. We rose higher than Wolves. We rose as high as Fulham, who were beating Arsenal the other day until the 97th minute. Yes. Anybody can beat anybody. Yes. Barnsley are on the verge of coming back to the Premier League if they win the playoffs. Yes. Barnsley. But, Huddersfield could be going down to League One. They but, were in the Premier League for two seasons. But that's but that's, that's, that's the beauty of but it. But that's the the undulating story yeah. of of football. As one club is rising like a phoenix from the ashes, another club is is really struggling, really in the in the doldrums. As a football fan, as you, and you said about Everton, is that for the most part of my time watching Everton, it's been mostly awful. It's been mostly quite poor. For yeah. a large a large, there've been some. But then that's when you have that. Where you have the periods of actually we're playing good football, we've got decent players, we're watching some really good stuff. You know, we look like we might win something, so on and so forth. That's when you genuinely you can really feel the excitement, as opposed to if you're just winning all the time. There is eventually you're going to get bored of that. Anybody will get bored. It's like, yeah, we won the league. Mm. It's get eventually it's going to get right. So therefore, I'm sure now if Manchester United won the league, let's say not this season but next season there would be United fans who would get so much more pleasure out of it than now because they've had to, by their metrics of the last 30 years, struggle a bit. And now they've got themselves back to a point at which they're actually challenging for titles again. Liverpool is the the, the absolute example. It's the Holy Grail for 30 years. Well, now they could win it, but thinking, well, hang on. What what? Where's the fun in? Oh, we might win a Super League every single. Se- it, there's no, you know, that's why those and, and those sure, great Europe, those great but, European but, nights at Old Trafford or at, at Anfield or wherever it might be, and we've all had them. Those, I think it's because they're rare events. That's what makes them special. And if you if you completely saturate people with the same thing happening every single week, people will get bored of it. I mean, the, the one the, one of the arguments or the rationale for sort of for this Super League is that there's too many dead rubbers in the in the Champions League. And it's like, okay, right. But but the reason that, therefore, the other games stand out more is because you have these, as you would say, as they would say, dead rubbers. It's like, and part of the fun of being a football supporter is, oh, right, new season, got my season ticket. Right, I'm going to get to see three new promoted clubs this season. It might be Cardiff or it might be Swansea or it might be... Leeds, or it might be Norwich, be Norwich, or whoever yeah. you know, or whoever, or Bournemouth, whoever, whoever the hell it is, or Barnsley, and it's like, or Swindon, I, you know, go back and thinking, I've got to what that, that's part of the fun where they came up for a season and then they went down, and we've never seen them again since. It's that type of thing that is that is exciting. Well, every time we played Liverpool in the Premier League, we seemingly beat them, apart from the four 0 at Anfield. <laughs> they were terrible. Every Alex Bruce had bloody Suarez in his pocket. That's the beauty of football. This this is going to happen. And it's got to happen now. They've gone too far. They can't... I don't think Man City did the awful tweet PR nonsense that everybody else did. But for Arsenal to come out and say, we're going into the Super League after another scoreboard draw in the Premier League for Arteta. Yeah. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> you know, Chelsea lost the other week to West Brom. And that's... West Brom have been up and down between the Premier League and the yeah. Championship. More often, 
Yeah, I, I was about to say something about your mum, but your mum's lovely. So she told me I was fat the other day. Well, she could get fucked. Um, none of it makes any sense, but it's going to happen now. It's got to happen now. They've gone far too far down this road. Yeah. Imagine these 12 founding members or whatever. They're then going to invite teams in every year to this weird league system. It's basically, it, it is like the American system where you've got the two leagues and then they, they come up together in a playoff. But you invite Ajax one season and then Tottenham will inevitably end up bottom with the least wins. But Ajax get kicked out because, because uh, yeah. they're not part of the founding, founding twelve. And, and the, that's that's wrong. That's immediately wrong. I think. I think. I mean, you know, people say, "Yeah, but they, yeah, but they did this with the Premier League," and it's like that's a fallacy. That's not the same. The difference with the Premier League was was that uh, there was an argument that actually broadcast rights. If you forget the last broadcast rights deal, the old English First Division was two million quid or something, or five million pounds okay. over four years. Five million. The next one, when the Premier League started, was three hundred million. And there is absolutely no, yeah. But the the difference in the Premier League, of course, it was not a closed shop. It was no saying, right? We there were there were clubs obviously that were the the architects of it, Everton being one of them. But never said that we couldn't get relegated. In fact, we came close very very early on a couple of times to getting relegated. But there was always it was designed to. I mean, it has obviously gone to the where obviously there's so much money in the Premier League that, that, that there's a huge disparity and that that has become ever greater. And I get that. So, there's, but nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But the Premier League has undoubtedly, and some, I, I, I would advise everybody to go and watch what Steve Paris, Crystal Paris, Palace chairman, said on Monday Night Football. It was really interesting, very erudite about you know the Premier League as a product. It's one of the great bits of soft power. In fact, it was one of the only bits, arguably, of soft power that this country has left, and that is because it has unquestionably improved standards in, you know, the quality of the play is infinitely better than it was in the old first division. No doubt about that. The Champions League, all right, you can argue, yeah, you know, it's it's gone and it's expanded and expanded because they've got, it's 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 kids getting new toys and then wanting the bigger version of the same toy. I want more of this. I want more of this. I want more of this. And this is exactly what that is. This is, this is effectively a bunch of children saying, right, we don't want to play with that toy set anymore. We want our own better version of it, but we're going to keep it and we're going to control who plays with it all the time. And if we decide that you can't play with it anymore because we say it because it's our turn to play with it, yeah. that is what this is. This is nothing other than just avarice and greed. Nothing else but that. I don't know who said it the other day. I think it might have been Pielsa again because he seems to be a little bit of an Argentinian philosopher. He said, the rich just want to be richer. Yeah. Never think about anybody else. What's happening in this the Super League is exactly the same as what's happening in society. Yeah. You know, stock market's getting richer. People in London, people in New York, people in Frankfurt, people in Hong Kong, all getting richer. As democracy falls in in ruins amongst it. But it doesn't care because they're shielded. What money they have got, every one of these Super League teams are living way beyond their means. Well, but that's wanting what, to protect that. Yeah, but that's why, what this why, is about. This is because they've got they've got huge, I mean, absolutely extraordinary financial pressures on them. Where I think is it Barcelona are a billion euros in debt, not a million, a billion euros in debt. Real Madrid owe nine hundred million euros. 
and they, I mean, they've constantly been an, a barometer of how not to run a football club. But every year, they, or every few years, they got a huge injection of money from the state yeah. because King Juan Carlos was a fan of theirs. So they get a massive amount of money from one of the Spanish banks. Don't forget, they can continue don't to forget. go, you know, flashing the cash around and buying the Galacticos. Eventually, Don't that's... forget a few years ago, the Champions League, the, the Champions League has got a weird, strange UEFA rule in that it's not necessarily the teams that qualify in the order in the league. Yeah. It's who puts them forward. And I think it might have been, was it Getafe or maybe Tenerife? And they weren't allowed to go in the Champions League. And Real Madrid got put forward by the Spanish Football Federation because they said Real Madrid would represent Spain better. <laughs> and that, that only happened, I think, about 10 years ago. The, 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 the Champions League, let's not fool ourselves, is not perfect either. No. So the, the, the whole plan for changing the Champions League this season was for teams to have oh what's it called uh, they've got like a they work out on like some mathematical curve of uh, past performances yeah it's coefficients and st- yeah coefficient yeah. that's it and they said Spurs would qualify for the Champions League even if they finished in eighth position this year yeah. because over the last few years they've had a better coefficient than say West Ham but how can you and, improve and your coefficients if you don't get a chance to play in the competition? Yeah, the FA in the Premier League would be well within their rights to say, I think Spurs would be a better representation of our game in the Champions League than West Ham. That's wrong. Absolutely. But let's not, uh, let's not, let's yeah. not think that UEFA is this shining beacon of, of greatness. This is this is going to happen. Do, do you know- we know that. That's, that's going to happen. The plan for football now, for your Linekers, for your Rummigers in Germany, for even the Qataris and Leonardo in Paris, is what do we do with these teams now? Fuck them all. Let them go down to the bottom of everywhere. Man United, Man City, start back in non-league. Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, fuck but, off but to we, non-league. But we've come back up. Rangers have done it. But we've, that's the thing. But, but we've but we've seen this happen because eventually. Not so much with City, but of course with the United when the Glazers took over, there was a new club formed, FC United and Manchester. You mentioned Wimbledon before. Liverpool uh, has got City of Liverpool, where obviously fans of, you know, where they wear purple. And, yeah. uh, you know, all of, uh, and clubs like, where you can go and watch that, you know, and it's, and it's like, that's what, and, and there was an um, interesting, you know, the sort of uh, Florentino Perez, the Real Madrid president, has been doing his stand-up acts and spat some auto cobbles, <laughs> including. But but the, the bit that I was like, where's he get this from? And it's absolutely apparently it's true that obviously sixteen to twenty fours are not attracted by football anymore. And I'm thinking, yes, the reason for that is not because the product isn't good; it's because they can't actually access it to watch it. And you I listened to out a, of the game. Yeah, I listened to a podcast this morning called Football and Cover, which is very good. And it was about Everton. And they were saying, uh, the particular episode was about Everton. I've listened to the whole series. It's really good about football ownership. And the guy that was on uh, talking about Everton was was saying about the fact that actually Everton have got one of the highest, most engaged young fan bases in the country. Liverpool haven't. They're the other end of the scale. They have, they've got a very disengaged fan base. And, I think, and it's because they've ensured that people can... And I'm not, that's not me picking on Liverpool. That's just a statement no, of fact. Just as it is. It's, that's the way it is. Is that because Everton... I'm thinking that's because Everton fans got to go, get to go. Because it's, it's affordable for families to go. It's there's, ensure that there's a constant su- supply or, or, you know, opportunity for children to be able to go to games. And I'm thinking that's why kids aren't, you know, the same when it's gone from whatever it was... 
23% of them to 45% of them in a matter of a few years are no longer engaged with football. I'm thinking that's because they can play on their Xboxes. They can go skateboarding in the park. They can sit in their room and play the guitar. They can play Fortnite. They can do this. They can't go and watch top-level sport or top-level football in this case because it is so expensive and so nigh on impossible to get tickets that's what they just think well what's the point what's the point of being interested in something i can't physically take part in and that's just human nature that's the problem and they're saying mm. well we need more of more games of real madrid and liverpool no we don't no you, we need you're not going to fit you're not going to fit any more people into that stadium no so, the Bernabeu, the uh, Santiago Bernabeu, has just had a multi, multi, hundreds of millions of, yeah. of euros spent on it. They basically dug it up. They built it up. Have they added any more seats for fans? No. They've made conferencing and prawn sandwich facilities a lot nicer. Yeah. They've made massive padded luxury seats for the corporates, but they've not actually put any more seats into the Bernabeu. And... What nobody can understand in Europe before the coronavirus and stuff, attendances were falling in Spain, in Italy, yeah, in Germany. Attendances are still pretty much huge in the UK. In the Premier League, the Championship, Championship. League One, and even League Two, they're all either holding or increasing. So something's doing something right. Somebody's doing something wrong. I, but I, I'll, t- I'll tell a story, and I think I'm sure you, I've told you this story before in one of our many drinking sessions. But and I, and I obviously, as I mentioned, I, I work at, at Anfield, and I this is about three years ago now. I was asked to go and host one of the lounges. It was the executive lounge. It was an FA Cup tie against West Bromwich Albion. So you have to interview John Aldridge. Okay, that's fine. So Tram a legend. Tramit, yeah. And it, it happened to coincide with the anniversary of, of, of uh, Tramit beating Everton at, at Goodison Park, one of the darkest days of, of, of my Everton supporting uh, life, I have to say. But it was the day, I think I think Newport County were on the telly playing Tottenham, I think. And it was like a 5.30 kickoff. The Liverpool game was kicking off quite late. It was kicking off quarter to eight or something like that. And this is 150 people for context. Of, of You've paid a lot of money for debentures and all these types of things and to be in this very, very fancy, very nice lounge. And I don't begrudge corporate hospitality at all. It's part of the ecology of, of football and of sport in general. That's fine. And it was the week that Liverpool had just signed Virgil van Dijk. So they'd, so they'd mm. sold Philippe Coutinho to Barcelona for about £140 million. They'd signed van Dijk for 70-odd million. And I said to him, right, what would you do with the other 70-odd million, John? I said, would you, anybody you think you should go and buy? And he said, no, do you know what I'd do? I would build another tier on the Anfield road end and spend all the money on that and give all the tickets away to kids. And the 150 people in there, eating a very nice three-course dinner and coughing their booze and all the rest of it, all to a man, woman and child applauded him. And I thought, do you know what? I'm not really a fan of John Aldridge generally, but I thought he knows exactly what the issue is. And that was three years ago. He nailed it in one sentence. And I thought he's absolutely spot on with what he is saying. Yeah. Um, The problem with all of this is quite simple. We are talking about the European Super League. More so than we are talking about racism in that European game, Slavia Prague versus Rangers. The Black Rangers players, the ones that came to the aid of their teammates, seem to have been... 
punished more than the racists. That's a problem. We're talking more about the European Super League than we are about football clubs like Berry going to the wall. We are talking more about the Super League than we are talking about how money has ruined the game at those top levels. This is all a massive problem. And why has this got our attention more than the rest of it? It's because money talks. We've got the Premier League. People didn't want that to happen. It happened. It's made the game a bit better. We didn't want the Champions League. It happened. It's made the game a little bit better. We don't want the Super League. It's going to happen. And then in five or six years' time, it's going to be the Super Duper League. And then in another decade's time, it's going to be the Super Duper Whooper Looper Looper Califragilistic League. (laughs) It's never going to stop unless you put a stick in the spokes of this moving forward right now. Either let it happen, let these clubs f*** off, let the teams and the fans rebuild them clubs from the bottom of the very pyramid back up. And maybe, I'd, I'd love the irony of Boris Johnson coming out going, the British government will not let this happen. We will do everything in our power. Hang on, you fucking hate Europe, Boris. <laughs> you hate Europe for political gain, not because you're, you're, you're not against this morally or ethically. You hate Europe. You're not against people making money. You love money, Boris. So don't you start chattering. Yeah. It's, that's the... Hang on. We've abandoned Europe. We've, we've said goodbye. And now, do we want to be part of this European Super League? Or do we want... It, none of it makes sense. The, the thing I love about this is who owns the social media handles for Super League? Oh, probably the Rugby Football League. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there's there's the Turkish Superliga. Yeah. There's loads of other Super Leagues in Europe. There's loads of other Super Leagues across the world. I think the Indonesian is a Super League. But the Super League, this whole rebuilding of the game from the ground up for television happened in the 90s with Maurice Lindsay. And what they wanted to do back then was amalgamate people like Castleford and Wakefield uh, they wanted to have Huddersfield and Halifax as the same team. They wanted Wigan as this great thing. They wanted St. Helens to rename themselves St. Helens Liverpool. They wanted Hull KR and Hull FC to merge. Yeah. They also wanted Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rugby league team. That happened. It did, yeah. because uh, I watched. They wanted a Scottish team. They wanted London Broncos London to be Broncos. the first in London and more teams to happen. Yeah. What then happened was Super League eventually happened, but it was piss poor, and it's been piss poor ever since. And Rugby League went from being probably the number three sport in the UK, football, cricket, Rugby, rugby league. league. And this is at the same time as Rugby Union professionalised. Rugby League is probably not even in the top 10 now. Of, oh, of union's sports. flown past it like, with, like you wouldn't believe. It's not a better sport. Rugby League is still one of the greatest sports you'll ever watch, but the people who run it are f***ing idiots. And year after year, your sponsors have gone from being the, the British Lions Rugby League was sponsored by British Gas and we've got this deal. And then and it's gone down from the big Stones Bitter Championship to the Bet Fred to the your mum's never heard of this brand of soap league. <laughs> and it's pish. It's awful. And that's the Super League. Let, it, let them have it. Let Juventus versus Liverpool be a game. 
You're not going to have a Liverpool derby anymore. You're still going to have a North London derby because they're really good, aren't they? (laughs) You're still going to have a Manchester derby. Let that happen. Yeah. It's going to be shit. Let them have their dirty cash so they can watch the adventures of Stevie G. (laughs) I, I, I am... I'm slightly pigged off that we have spoken about this more than the obvious money problems and more than racism. In yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that, it's not, I'm not blaming us. Yeah. But I, I hate these clubs. I hate these clubs. But I hate them because we've built up years of hate and envy of these clubs. Yeah. Not not because of the fans. I don't hate the fans of any one of those teams. I don't hate the fans of Barcelona. I don't hate the fans of Inter Milan. I don't hate them. I hate I hate the people that own them. I hate the people that run them. Yeah. And that's sad. And that's the problem. Yeah. There's no way back for all these clubs because they've they've done a PR disaster of gargantuan universal proportions. They're idiots. There's no going back. They've got to go. They can only go forward now. And like you said, maybe more people might follow the purple of the city of Liverpool. More people might follow FC of United Manchester. More people might follow a brand new Milanese team that play in red and blue rather than either side of the Nazuri and the Rossoneri. Into Crystal Palace. <laughs> Into Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, f*** them. What they've said is history. It's, yeah. They can only provide their own future. And their future, if it's in a cul-de-sac, I think what should happen is Bill Kenwright, because he's still president, isn't he, of Everton? He's, even though he doesn't he, own the he's still He's still chairman. Yeah, he's still chairman, chairman of the club, yeah. I think he should now, once this all goes forward, walk across Stanley Park with a couple of bailiffs <laughs> and go through the Shankly Gates, through the reception of a Liverpool football club, and he goes, Everton Football Club, are now demanding the return of Anfield Road Stadium to the possession of Everton. Uh, if you know your history, this was ours. <laughs> Fuck off, you squatting bastards. We're going to use this as a car park. <laughs> Perfect. That's all right for the next three years, but then what do we do once we go to Bramley Moor? Use it for the reserves. Yeah. I just, I just think the FA and the Premier League are going to kowtow to the this. Sorry, Spurs. Spurs should not be in that list. So it, 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 that's, you could have announced this at the beginning of the month, lads. We would have understood it if it was April the first. <laughs> but Spurs, yeah, Spurs, <laughs> Spurs. Um, yeah, it's. The, the FA are going to bend to all these people and we're probably going to see a few more English football clubs be taken over by your Liverpools. So Tranmere might become Liverpool B yeah. and uh, continue to play in League One and uh, I don't know, Barnet will become Arsenal B and that'll be their... Arsenal Barnet. Uh, Arsenal Barnet. Yeah. That'll be their concession to this whole yeah. Super League thing. I, d- I don't know. I just think it's fucking sad. It really is. It's, you know, by the time this podcast goes out, 
Hull City might be back in the Championship. So, oh, I think by the that's time the beauty. Well, well, that's beauty true. Football. I think that that will have happened, and also I think that Gary Neville will have essentially become a modern day William Wallace. <laughs> And you know, be be riding towards uh, with 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 a phalanx of people behind him carrying GoPro cameras. Most likely, I think is, yeah. that's the general sort of thing that people carry around now. Uh, cans of Iron Brew or something like that, or something, and carry those and just just kind of taking them to the power brokers in the game. I think that's what's going to happen. Is it going to be Peterloo two in Manchester? <laughs> Gary Neville stood atop one of his investment properties. Yeah. Down on a square of a sea of both red and sky blue in unison, chanting the words of Bert Milicic yeah. on Gary, the road to Wembley. Gary Neville stood there looking like Adamant. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Issuing, issuing a clarion call, a call to arms for the, for the, uh, the great unwashed, the legacy fans. Two 50-inch plasma screens on floating drones. Give me freedom with, with the, or give me extra time. The faces of David Beckham and Phil Neville <laughs> in their inter-Miami pink shirts oh. going, we stand beside you in saving football. People didn't want Hull Tigers. We didn't get Hull Tigers. We got shafted. Yeah. People didn't want Red Bull Salzburg. It happened. Yeah. It's happened. Red Bull Leipzig. Leipzig this is yeah. going to happen. Accept it. And it's going to be Juventus Fiat. And it's going to be Manchester United. <laughs> you know Man United? Who, who is, who's their uh, sleeve? It's uh, Kohler, isn't it? Kohler? What do they Co- do? I don't know. Do you want me to tell you? Go on. They make the majority of toilets in America. I've, I've had a dump <laughs> today on a Kohler toilet. That says everything you need to know about the modern game. The Man United sh- pans. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. yeah. One flush and it still won't go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it'd be good. I mean, Evan, I've had Angry Birds as a, spot, as a, sh- a shirt sleeve sponsor for the last few years. But if you had the Liverpool Angry Birds, that's a whole different thing it's a, 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 yes. completely. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. something that you get every week. Well, the, the sponsor yeah. of, of Everton at the moment is Alison Moyet and uh, Vince Clark. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kazoo. Kazoo. Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Don't go! Yeah. What, what did your other half say? Hey, you what? What did your other half say? She said, uh, you're, you're right, Becky. Yeah, yeah, she's not there. She's gone upstairs. Hang on a minute. I, I thought you were taking the boys to get their hair cut. Oh, right, okay. What did you say? Thank you for listening to yet another top content. Uh, we're riding high in the charts. I don't know how that's happening, but I put that down to you going to podfollow.com slash topcontentpod to listen to our full archive. Uh, you can listen, rate, review, subscribe, do all of those fun things that we know you love to do when you click on your phone and send us uh, shooting to the top of the algorithms and getting on the ground floor of what could, uh, by the next time you hear us, be an award-nominated podcast, but that's unlikely. Uh, you can also find us and keep up with all our latest news and things and stuff uh, on social media, at Top Content Pod, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. As ever, Top Content has been 
a top content production.